Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What was the thought of how you handled Lowry's minutes with that long gap he had? Yeah, well, I played him more in the first half. I played him almost the whole first quarter. Uh... I looked at him and I thought he was breathing pretty hard in that first quarter, so I gave him a little break and then I got him back in there. Nothing. You know, you ride with some guys for a little bit, you see how it goes, you bring him back. It's it's just basketball. Jim, do you see how that could, like, inhibit his confidence? Because he's playing his best basketball for, like, the last two weeks and then he gets benched for 14 minutes and 47 straight seconds. Yeah. And there's not a lot of rhythm there. Do you see how that could be hard on him and his confidence? Uh, I mean... Are you saying it is hard on him, or are you saying how it could be, or what? Well, I'm saying I think it could be hard on him. Yeah. We gotta go talk yeah. to him still. But yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he understands that I'm gonna ride with guys that are playing well, or guys that make the run, just like I have with him. And so, you know, I overplayed him in the first half, right? And then second half, it wasn't. It wasn't the same rotation. That's just part of the game. Was it so, pre-planned to do that, or was that no, by feel kind of? No, I've, I've, I have a scripted rotation. And, but it's not in stone. It's not in stone. On Christmas Eve, the Gentiles gather round the Christmas tree. They stay at home and party with their Goyesha family. They disappear one day each year and pass the eggnog round. But it's all right, cause that's the night the Jews control the town. <laughs> I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the name before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic, no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny, because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. With well, a duck duck here and a quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Lido. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course 
in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Messmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR, 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Saturday suckage, Christmas time for the Jews, coming up on that. Mackenzie Brothers, 12 Days of Christmas, Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. And as Peoria Matt texts in, I think we all share the wish, never have we been hoping more for a Bulls Christmas Eve firing <laughs> than this year. Well, when when John Paxson settles in for his Christmas Day conversation with David Schuster. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh-oh. I'm working from 7 a.m. to noon on Christmas with so? TBD. Isn't I that haven't David? looked at the schedule beyond noon. Maybe David's working. I'm not sure what the schedule is. Well, my goodness. Yes. So that's, that's a tradition unlike any other. It it is really. You go to Butler Cabin. You um, <laughs> you grab a turkey. You, Actually, you, you go put to it in Reinsdorf the oven. Cabin. <laughs> well, that, at Reinsdorf Cabin, you have to go past the bunk bed where John Paxson and Kenny Williams are sleeping. <laughs> yes, that's where they're staying forever. These sleigh beds. The um, that that would be <laughs> that would be the thing. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll have David Schuster on eleven twenty today. But but in the continuing saga that is. Failing Bulls attendance. We were, we the, were on this a week ago, by the we way. We were. We were talking. And, and the chunks got bigger. The holes got bigger. Uh-huh. The no-shows got more, um, became more numerable and the numerous. And the idea that, that he, here's why one of the, in many areas, the Bulls are clueless. When you have this gas bag as your coach saying that, that he was going to ride the hot hand when he's seen many instances where he doesn't see, he'll say, I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm trying to win. No, I'm trying to develop. No. And when that goes bad, no, I'm tr- the Laker game, the Portland game, what he does is he covers up stupid coaching with the saying the opposite of the way he just went about coach. Well, no, I, we, we can't win every game, but we need to develop. I'm going to develop this bench. I'm going to develop these starters. Well, last night, I'm just trying to win by keeping one of the cornerstones of the franchise on the bench for almost 15 minutes. That's what he said about Laurie Markkinen. You heard that at the beginning of the open. He was talking about Markkinen, and that's our Cody Westerland. Talk, uh, trying to pinpoint to him, you think uh, that his confidence could be affected by this? And Boylan played, I want to say played dumb, but I think he didn't have to play. I don't think he's playing. No, he didn't have to play. I, you're, getting, you're getting the, the, the true... The true measure of the man, uh, and 
He's the face of the franchise. He's the farce of the franchise. A coach in this day and age is that guy. And this is what, if the Mm. Bulls have any questions why there are massive empty sections at the United Center for their games. Right now, remember last week when we talked about the attendance problem? Yeah. They were sixth. Do you know they're 11th in in a week? I was just looking at that. They are 11th. Here's the thing, though. I I know it is tempting and it is sensible to talk about him because he is the face these days. He's the the face of the franchise these days, and he's the one who's out there, and he's just so, so boobalicious, so consistently. So consistently. But he's not the main issue. He is a symptom of the issue. Oh, yes. Right? He's a symptom of the issue. He was hired um, after he backstabbed Fred Hoiberg to get into the good graces of the guys above and was extended because he and the guys above have a little backpat society that makes everybody feel better as they take the money of ownership that doesn't hold their feet to the fire. I mean, John Paxson and the loyalty given him is the problem. Agreed? Yes. Okay. Yes. You, you have management that is inept, represented by Paxson and Gar- by Garpax, mm-hmm. and then you have ownership that is inert, represented by your... That's, Any and all random Reinsdorfs that is well who, said. who are doing nothing. So you have a fan base that recognizes ineptitude and inertia. And why should they ex- expend effort? And it's a it can be quite the effort to get to the United Center during the week to see a team that can't beat a winning team and a coach who tries to cover up stupid coaching by saying the opposite of whatever he said last time. Well, we're trying to develop a bench. Then why did you take your bench? Well, we're trying to develop starters. Well, why well, why did you take Laurie Markin now? Why did you, you bench him for 15 minutes? Well, I'm riding the hot hand. But you don't always do that. He does whatever is stupidly convenient. And people catch on to this, except the people in Bulls management. And the uh, people in Bulls ownership. They, I, I think they've, they've had to catch on. I know they signed the man to an extension, but boy, they've paid dead money on coaches' contracts before, haven't they? Yes, they have. And I think they're going to be doing it again at a certain point here because there's just no way. It, 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 the, the level of stupid on display every day and the embarrassment. Do, do people realize that the other day he said um, that he wanted his team to average 35 assists mm-hmm. a game? He's, he's now said it a couple of times. And Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic followed up and said, um, where did you get that number, 35 assists? And I, I love the, the way that, that he answered it. I watch the films. I see the open shots we miss. I see the assists we have. I didn't pull this number out of the air. This is something that I think we can do. I think it's attainable. I think it's a statement to how we want to play. If we don't get 35 and we get 30, that's still pretty good. Um, no one has ever averaged 35 assists. No team. You know, we got bulls across our chest. No team ever. The 85 Lakers averaged 31.40 assists. That's and the all-time that's record. That's with magic. Yeah. That's with magic leading showtime. They moved the ball pretty yes, well. Yes, they did. And, they, the, and the, the Celtics as well uh-huh. in that era with Larry Bird, unbelievable. There was a, I, I don't know, it showed up. And it's beautiful. Larry Legend. That, that, it was his uh, birthday the other day. Right. And that. That uh, honor, the the video of him, I, I just did not realize uh-huh. the magic with which he could pass. The um, the Warriors in 2017 are the only team since that Lakers team to be over 30 
assists per game. The Bulls, get this, in almost half of the games, the Bulls have not made 35 field goals. <laughs> By the way, 73 points last night. The fewest, points. the fewest in the NBA this season. Uh-huh. 30% shooting. The second time the Bulls, the Bulls are the only team yeah. to shoot 30% or worse this year. Uh-huh. The only team, and they've done it twice. That's your Garpax Boiling Bulls. Would you like to take a guess where the Charlotte Hornets are in defensive rating in the NBA? They gave up just 73 points to the Bulls in Chicago last night. 27th. 25th. Bottom third. 25th. 25th. 25th in the NBA in defense, and yet they held the Bulls to 73 points. This after the Bulls scored 136 the other night. Uh Uh-huh. Which is the most ever at the United Center in regulation. They were unconscious. They, yeah. they are completely chaotic and schizophrenic. And, and just as a reminder, Rosie, they're wins this year. Yes, they're wins. Two against Atlanta, who is six and 20. It's two of six, right? Two against Memphis, who are eight and 17. That's four of six. Two against Detroit, who are 10 and 15. That's six. Okay. A- and then a win against the Knicks, Charlotte, and Sacramento. They oh, have that's been, right. They have nine. They have been swept by the Warriors, who have five wins. Uh-huh. Two of them against the Bulls. Yes. We are we are in December, what are we, 14th, 15th? Sure, why not? Whatever yeah. it is. They've yet to beat a team over 500. But, but he's developing his bench when it's convenient. <laughs> and then he's developing the starters when it's convenient. And he never makes wholesale changes oh. unless he does make wholesale changes. And... Laurie Markkinen might can't be upset because he rides the hot hand, except when he doesn't ride the hot hand. Yeah, people have caught on to this, and and the Bulls just they're either getting played for stupid by a guy who knows that John Paxson is on his last coach, or they're all in cahoots to just see how dumb Bulls fans are, and Bulls fans are showing them how smart they are by not showing up. I'd be interested to see what the the. TV ratings are comparatively yeah. because we know attendance is down. So you're losing parking, you're losing concessions, you're losing souvenirs, and you're losing uh, a, a a you know you're losing interest in 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 multiples when this stuff happens. That's what it represents. I bet there'll be a good crowd at the United Center tonight because the is Clippers. LeBron in town. The Clippers. Oh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George coming off a of back to back. They each scored forty two points last night. That was the first time or in Clippers franchise history they've gone forty forty. Yeah, yeah. The uh, and and Doc Rivers. Help. You know what? Doc Rivers could probably fill the the United Center himself with friends and 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 family and whatever. So. There you go. But it, it's. Uh, I'm glad to see Bulls fans not going. I'm glad to see reports that Jerry Reinsdorf has apparently noticed that Bulls fans. I, I, I've not. I don't believe that he's noticed. You don't believe that he's noticed? No, nothing. They're still inert. And besides, this kid's in charge of it. They're still inert. The management. I mean, ownership has done nothing. Management has done stuff that's, that is simply ineptitude. Yeah, his, so. kid, his kid's in charge of it, um, and he's not. He's not as basketball savvy as people dreamed. This is not as if Rocky Wirtz walked through the building and took over from Papa. This I, is not that. But but that the Reinsdorf child in charge does does recall when Jim Boylan said he had a good spirit. Was that it? Or a good soul? What was I coach by faith. <laughs> yeah, and I have faith that you'll never win here. 
All right, that's uh, he's Matt Spiegel. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We'll take a break. We'll come back with David Schuster. We'll talk some bulls the way we have. At noon, Mark Rohde will talk oh, some bears, God. the Bears Packers. We have thoughts on that. I got a baseball question, a central baseball question I need to ask you. I like it. Matt Spiegel. We'll take you up to 1245, a shorter show. We'll take you up to Zager and Evans performing their massive hit in the year 2525. Do you know that song, those guys, it's the only song to hit number one UK and US singles chart and never chart again. Those guys never wow. charted again. Never, never that's, again. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's true one-hit wonder. Right. That's, that's elite one-hit wonder that's status. That's it. That's one period. Stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that'll be that. So we'll take a break before we go. you have something to share with us? This hour, um, Rosie, of the score is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven cars for kids uh, I think the Bears can win this game tomorrow. We will discuss that later in the hour. We'll discuss that with Mark Grody, and I believe they can as well. Crazy. Do or not. And why they suddenly, why do you suddenly think that? Why do they suddenly think that? Mm -hmm. Points to some severe emotional and mental problems that the Bears have. We'll discuss that. Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. I thought it took our spirit. our movie reviewer he is our host of bulls pregame postgame halftime questioner of bill wennington and now david schuster joins us on the alpamonte ford hotline alpamonte ford in melrose park david schuster getting ready to welcome in the clippers with had a 40 40 night last night and here they come into very empty United Center, where I think Doc Rivers is just going to buy up all the tickets on the secondary market and give them to <laughs> friends and family from Maywood. How are you, David? I'm great. I don't even know where to start here. Uh, by the way, Paul George had 46 last night. Kawhi Leonard had 42. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is going to play. He has not played yet in a back-to-back, and I highly doubt he'll play tonight. Not that that should make any difference. And actually, I'm told there's going to be a good crowd tonight because a lot of these tickets, as you alluded to a little earlier, were sold in advance, and it is a Saturday night. So... Let's go out uh, and see an NBA game because last night was the furthest thing from an NBA game possible. And I, and I have to look back on last night. Among other things, it was Friday the 13th. You can take that into account for last night's complete calamity. But then again, almost every day is Friday the 13th for the Bulls, isn't it? Well, they're coming off a of buck 36 and they score 73. That's, uh, that's remarkable. Um, does this take the mantle as the worst loss of the season now, uh, David? Oh, they, my God. I mean, Charlotte, Charlotte had the 25th ranked defense in the NBA. 25th. And they scored 73 at home. Maddie also, you know, I heard you say that earlier, but uh, also the um, the Hornets were, I think, if not last in the league, second to last in the league in rebounding, and they came up with a season-high 60 rebounds last night, <laughs> oh, almost a franchise God. record. So, I mean, the number the numbers were astounding. The Bulls started off missing their first seven shots, so you knew right off the bat this game was just going to be a disaster. The two, I mean, it's not like Charlotte played well. You know, also, they were awful, but the Bulls were 
even worse. There was one stretch in the third quarter where both teams either turned the ball over or missed shot after shot after shot. Three minutes, three minutes with neither team scoring a point. That is unheard of in today's NBA. So it was just a garbage basketball game, and unfortunately the Bulls were more of the garbage team last night. David Schuster's our guest. He hosts the Bulls pregame, postgame, halftime here on the score. They'll be playing the Clippers tonight at the United Center. The as as Matt as Speaks mentioned, the the coming off that the one game and then they show up and they and you said they can't make the first seven shots. So I've always thought Dave game preparation was the in whatever sport is the player's responsibility. So what's wrong with these players? What's wrong with why what, this wild inconsistency? Is that the nature of them? Is that the coaching? Is that bad scouting? Bad personnel evaluation? What? Where? How do you get such wild swings of of inconsistency? Can I say all of the above? Yeah, I, I mean, guess I think, you're going to have I don't know. Somebody's going to have to take the blame for this. Somebody takes the fall for this. We're coming up on Christmas Eve, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know who ultimately is going to take the blame on this one. I did see Pax last night. He did not look happy after the game at all, nor should he have been. Um, you know, Jim Boylan, I mean, I know you guys have already broached that one already. I will. I will tell you this. And, and uh, you can read whatever you want into this. Jim Boylan now is not allowed to talk to the media in regards to injuries. That has been taken off his platter. Hmm. Wonder what? why. Why? Um, I don't know. Maybe Connect the he, dots may, for us, David. Well, maybe he misspoke about some injuries earlier in the season. I mean, the NBA is pretty thorough in, in setting out its injury list. They send it out three times a day. So um, I guess they're saying, the Bulls are at least saying that, you know, if you want to know what's going on with the injuries, go ahead and contact the NBA on its website for the media, at least. How um, common is this around the league that a coach I is... don't think it is common at all. I don't think so. I, don't, I, can't, I can't imagine another coach being restricted from talking about that. Well, I mean, you know, in other sports, sometimes uh, the injuries are only left to certain people to talk to, but I've never heard of this one until yesterday. I will tell you this also yesterday, and this one caught me for a loop when we did the pregame show yesterday. Jim Boylan did not do the coach's show yesterday. It was left to uh, Roy Rogers, the assistant coach. So that threw me for a loop. And as far as I know, going forward, that's the case as well. So I don't know. You can connect whatever dots you want on this. Oh, I, oh, I will. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you for the the dot the dot connecting freedom. I will run with it um, and connect the dots and say that uh, not only are the are, are the Reinsdorf's potentially noticing the empty seats, but they might also notice the the constant idiocy that is displayed by their coach whenever he's allowed to say things out loud. What what was the word you used earlier, Matt? Boobalicious. He's boobalicious. Because <laughs> I have called him a boob, and he continues to be boobalicious. Yeah. I was thinking of the bubblegum called bubblicious, but you delicious. meant delicious. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> delicious. No, Jim's not delicious. Well, that's fascinating. To recap, Jim Boylan is not allowed to talk about injuries anymore, and he's apparently been removed from the coach's show in the pregame. David? At least as of last night, on, yeah, on he our, was. On our, on our, our airwaves. Air on our airwaves right here on 670 The Score. That's very interesting. But but does talk after the game. So okay. we run that on each and every uh, post game. Yeah, and when he did talk, he just he tries to cover up bad coaching by saying the opposite of what he did. If he if he doesn't if he yanks the bench and the starters come in and blow the game and and whatever was happening against the Lakers, he did, well, I'm trying to develop this bench, or I'm trying to develop the starters. Or in Markkinen's case, well, he had to had to sit because 
I'm going to ride the hot hand. Well, he doesn't always ride the hot hand. He just simply, I don't can't tell if he's stupid or lying, but he seems to try to cover up questionable, bad, dumb coaching decisions by simply saying the, by claiming the opposite. So we don't know if it's about winning or developing talent. The management said it was about winning a playoff spot. And yeah. Boylan tries to move the goal co- goalpost by whatever's convenient. I do you have any idea? Can we? Are there any? I, all I can. The only dots I can connect is that he continues lying and double talking because he doesn't have a clue. Well, it does have a Terry Bevington feel to it. I will say that. Yeah. And, and since I since I lived through that era, it's almost like deja vu <laughs> all over again. Um, listen, when they went into the season, yes, they did talk about making the playoffs. And I guess I was one of the suckers who believed it uh, because I actually thought, especially taking a look at the Eastern conference, why couldn't they at least challenge for the eighth spot? There's a lot of bad teams in the NBA, especially in the Eastern conference, but also one of the two themes besides winning was the two guys who were most important to this franchise going forward. That was Zach Levine and even more so Lowry Markkinen. Markkinen and Cody was right on target with his question after the game last Mm -hmm. night. I'm proud that he asked it, and he asked it forcefully. You know, why did you put this guy on the bench for 15 minutes when he's been playing awfully well? What kind of message are you passing on to him? Yeah, and I know coaches go with the hot hands, but guess what? Your hot hand has to be one of your two best players. You know, uh, congratulations to Thaddeus Young. He's, He's integral also in this team, but... Lowry Markkinen is more important in the short and the long term. You cannot sit this guy for 15 straight minutes. You just can't do it. So where where would you imagine – Bulls management hasn't said anything. Gar, For, Gar Foreman's not allowed to talk anymore because when he did talk, it was just it was as much crap as Jim Boylan is spewing. And whatever Pax might say to you or whatever the, the, the stance apparently is, they support him because he's still employed – Although you get the feeling that Roy Rogers is going to be the interim coach when they fire this guy soon because he's doing the coaches show. I mean, how do yeah. they approve of how do they approve of this? And we don't know what the plan is. If you have John Paxson saying the playoffs and you have Jim Boylan saying whatever's convenient to cover up stupid coaching, what it's no wonder fans don't show up. They don't know what's going on. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little news here also on top of uh, okay. what else I've said already. Um, J- John Paxson has not talked to the media at all for quite a while now. Um, I see him. I, I actually talked to him yesterday about you know some other things other than basketball. But we didn't talk about basketball yesterday, both on and off the record. And I hate to break this to anybody and everybody, but John Paxson will not be on Christmas. Um, he's not talking to the media. Oh, um, and, and <laughs> David, David, d- tinsel, eggnog. T- I mean, tinsel, eggnog, and and Paxson with Schuster. Yeah, it's it's a tradition unlike no other that is not going to be any longer, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just not talking to the media for now. So you can read whatever you want into that as well. But but, um, yeah, I was told that John won't be doing any interviews for the near, near future. So the next time he'll talk is wow. when they fire Boylan on Christmas Eve. 
It was your expect that? Is that going to stand in for the radio interview you guys usually do? I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I do have I, I do have my bid in for the first person to talk with John whenever you know he uh-huh. wants to talk, uh-huh. but uh, it won't. Apparently, it won't be on Christmas morning. How, a lot of strange goings on. Steve. How, how many years? How many years in a row have uh, have you done that? Do you remember? Oh gosh, I, I know I'm Maddie. I'm senile, so I, I'm sort of spacing out on how many years. But it's been quite a few. Yes, and it's been every year that they haven't reached the NBA finals. Well, Oh, no, but seriously, like I've been, I mean, since I've been back at, at the score um, since 2009, it's, it, it's got to be eight out of those 11 years, David. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been quite, you know, it's been a consecutive uh, year streak that dates back, again, I don't know how many years. And listen, John has been gracious with me Absolutely. each and every one of those times, but I don't even know where this is coming from. There have been times in the past where there's been a kibosh on certain people talking from the Bulls, whether it was Gar Foreman or Pax or whomever, and uh, this is just a sort of a continuation of that. I'd love to talk to John. There's a lot of good things. I don't think I'd be vile in, in anything that I would ask him. I never have been, but there are certainly some things that need to be asked and need to be answered at this point. We're talking with David Schuster, host of the Scorers pregame, postgame, halftime show, uh, Bulls, uh, Clippers tonight. So, so. Whether the Bulls care or not, by gagging Gar Foreman, by the inertia of the random Reinsdorfs who might or might not be in charge of anything, and by John Paxson's newfound mute button, they are in, they're accentuating, they were accentuating the fact that the face and the farce of the franchise is Jim Boylan, and now they've silenced him. To some degree, do they, they, this all seems to be heading someplace. They just, they just are so slow to get there wherever there is. Yeah. Um, well, what kind of choices do they have at this point? I mean, yeah, they can certainly make a coach. coach, They can make a coaching change. Um, doesn't look really good for anybody if they make a coaching change after giving you know their current coach a three-year deal. That's the thing. Um, that's the thing, David. It's the admission of yeah, of course it is uh, of being wrong. And and how many coaches in a row would this be that they've paid to not coach? I've lost track. <laughs> right. I mean, this this, is, this would be a lot that they've paid to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of them. Pretty much. Okay. David, uh, on a happier note, did you see a movie or two? Did you see anything you liked? Anything? anything I saw in one our movie. Cinemas that people, Bears, or Bulls fans who are going to the games, can they go buy a movie ticket? <laughs> did, did you maybe um, see The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh so you can see some good basketball? <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! Which was that? Was that with Doctor J? Oh, I love Kev, the fish that Kevin saved Klein. Pittsburgh. You what, bet. What was the one? What was the one with Robbie Benson where he played basketball? That was God. Oh, one and only, right? Oh, one and only. God. With Neto Tool, right? Uh, is that what it is? I I forget. I, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, it was a terrible movie. Um, mm. I saw Dark Waters, which was a true story. A little slow in moving in the movie, but still a good story. And I didn't realize to what extent. This is a story where he's a uh, an attorney who ends up. Um, going back to his hometown and and uh, representing a lot of people from his hometown in suing DuPont. And ultimately, he got $675 million for all his different clients. And DuPont just stretched this out for years and years and years and years, how they were um, you know, putting stuff into the water, into the air, and poisoning the people. Sure. And ultimately, you know, unfortunately, 
some of those people passed away as well. So it's a slow-moving movie, but still a good movie. It's well-acted by Mark Ruffalo, who was also the producer of the movie, and Hathaway and Tim Robbins were in the movie as well. So Mm. I would give it a thumbs up. Again, not the most exciting of movies, but still a good movie overall. I saw Ford versus Ferrari yesterday. Oh, I loved it. Oh, absolutely loved it. Thought it was fabulous. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you liked it too. Yeah, just just tremendous. Christian Bale is is the goods again. He really, He's really is. A wonderful um, chameleon. And uh, just, you know, just... an- another true story. There's a lot of movies that are coming yeah. out right now. Jumanji two now being one of them. Obviously, there's a lot of <laughs> Oscar <laughs> buzz for that, that clarification. Is. Kevin Hart Oscar buzz. <laughs> But a lot of the movies out nowadays are, you know, true stories about things that have happened. Okay, uh, so you know, here's the recent past. Mr. Rogers is a true story. This is a tweet from a uh, Molly Seaver Nesper. She's a uh, producer for National Public Radio. It happened. I witnessed the most Philly thing ever. A fight broke out during a showing of the Mr. Rogers movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's just perfect. Eagles fans. There's your holiday season. Unbelievable. (laughs) Thanks, David. Appreciate it. See you guys. All right. It's David Schuster, Bears pregame, Bulls pregame, postgame, halftime. We will have the Bears sideline reporter, and he covers the Bears for us. We'll do that at noon when we come back. I have a Cubs question for you. Okay. Sort of spawned by... Some discussion you and Bruce had on Inside the Clubhouse earlier. So we'll discuss that on Saturday Suckage, the Wake and Bake Club. And boy, you need the Wake and Bake Club if if Jim Boylan is the face and farce of the franchise. Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Santa used to like to chuckle. He's always been the belly full of laughs. Sitting in a Santa Claus chair, posing for the photographs. But now we don't laugh so much. In fact, about one third less. Old Saint Nick got a problem. Man, he's in an awful mess, cause he used to go ho, ho, ho. Now he's only going ho, ho. Uh oh, where'd the other ho go? I don't know. But Santa's feeling mighty low. He used to do hidey ho. Is only doing hiding. Uh oh, where'd the other hoe go? I don't know. Santa lost a hoe. Welcome Santa's to our Hanukkah, best. Christmas, holiday, fantastic show, fantastic happy. pictures. Because we won't be on next week. Well, this part of Saturday Second no won't be airing next week. So we're kind of rolling out our musical tributes. Still to come, is, right, this is some kind of jug band doing Santa Lost a Ho. We did Christmas Time for the Jews, Darlene Love. What a, just a tremendous talent. And go look up, spend part of the holiday season watching 20 Feet from Stardom. And you'll see Darlene Love doing all the Darlene Love things. And uh, we'll be coming up with Mackenzie Brothers, 12 Days of Christmas. You'll also see in 20 Feet from Stardom um, a Chicagoan who sang with the Stones for a long, long time, Lisa Fisher. Um, is just absolutely fabulous in that. I did not know that. Yeah. Chicagoan. Yes. Okay. I love the doc. I thought it was great. It just like great. I love the wrecking crew. I just love the behind the scenes stories. That those are tremendous. Um Do you, did you see the Muscle Shoals one? I have not. I have bookmarked that and I've never gotten around to it, but I'll have time. The best thing about the Muscle Shoals one is when Aretha Franklin is down there and she's trying to figure out her new sound. 
right? Oh, sure. And, and she's there. She's just singing. She sings it to the whole musicians, and they just don't know what the hell to do with it because it's like, what is this? What is this? And and everybody just kind of standing around, and then Spooner Oldham on the keys just starts going doom. And one of them says, all right, Spooner's got it. Just follow him. And that's I Never Loved a Man the Way That I Love You. And that Aretha song. And it is the beginning of the rest of her career. Really? It's so awesome. That whole movie's so great. I love that. The genesis oh. of genius. Just being, being able to. Just musicians in the room listening right. and then allowing silence and saying, who's got a good idea? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> all right, he's got it. For lunch, Spooner's got it. Follow him. And there that's you go. That's great. All right, so I got a question. I was listening to you and Bruce on Inside the Clubhouse. Everybody should listen, Saturday, 9 to 11. And you were discussing the Cubs and their money woes and claiming poverty. We got to get rid of people before we can pay for a piece of bubble gum. We got a new network we're going to demand you pay. You want to go to the hotel across the street? Uh. Better bring a second mortgage and all that. And we're going to, we're talking about trading one of the five best players in the game and Chris Bryant certainly one of the five best hitters in the game. And it all rings of stupid. It all rings of self-imposed budgets. It all rings of collusion because every owner is trying to obey this. So that sounds collusive to me. Or is it? Okay. Uh, it's interesting. I don't know if it's collusive. Look, not be- every owner can suddenly be struck by fiscal sense. This spasm of fiscal brilliance and austerity hmm, maybe. doesn't strike all 30 at once without a plan. Maybe there's no emails this time or no, no nothing in writing the way there was last time when they got sued at the wazoo. Well, and all we're really talking about is like the top eight, the the big eight four teams, money four spenders. Cities, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think the Phillies, now that they have a TV, a big time TV deal, are in that mix. The Nationals and the Learners have, have spent enough to be in that mix. And every once in a while, another. Another team will go Mike Illich crazy and get right. up in there. So, but but it, yeah, your 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 point is valid. Everybody is treating the CBT like a de facto salary cap in unison. So let me ask you this: in some what you going were one year or two years, some none. And we don't know. We have a suspicion if Theo's right about the way the arbitrator's ruling is going to go. They'll have Chris Bryant for two more years, mm. and they want to. They they want to. He's talking about threading the needle. He's talking about serving many masters. Yeah. Okay. Immediately, there's a problem with that. He's failed at that. Look at the many changes they've made. The people, they, they can't develop anything. Whatever they can draft, their best moves have been trading these people away, and those trades have been questionable. I mean, they won a World Series. You trade Glaber Torres, you got a World Series. You trade Cease and Jimenez, and you got a mediocre pitcher, and, and you didn't win a World Series. You have a window of two years. This idea of sustained success, mm-hmm. where are you with that? What's this? this has been the most frustrating sustained success a Cub fan has ever known. 15 was wonderful. 16 was unbridled joy. Everything since then has been a mess. 17, 18, 19. 18, you, 18 I, I, the column I wrote after 18 finished was sustained success never felt so empty. And you're right. Because you're that, right. Was, that was sustained success. Right. And and. 19, you finally saw, okay, it's not. So we're not there anymore. Why wouldn't you, at the risk of whatever the luxury competitive balance tax is, Uh why aren't you worried about adding to Chris Bryant instead of trading him? I'll tell you why. Why aren't you worried about adding to this core that you're so proud of, Mm -hmm. and rightly so? I'll tell you why. 
Okay, tell me, because I think it's really stupid. Well, here's the thing. I think it's unfair to Cub fans. That's really where it is. I think there was a widespread belief, me included, that Theo Epstein's 10 years, his Bill Walshian 10 years, Mm -hmm. was going to wrap itself up in 2021, and Theo was going to run from the building, not moving on to the Democratic Party or producing movies or whatever the hell he's going to run on to the next thing, and not give a crap about the state of things that this that the sustained success was going to be through 2021 that that was the window that's the window and then it falls off the table perhaps who cares go 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 what we've now learned is that Theo either on his behalf on Jed Hoyer's behalf or on Tom Ricketts's behalf is thinking longer term than that does not want to leave the organization in disarray after 2021 remember Ricketts is the one who came on our airwaves and dismissed the idea of a window. This whole idea of a window. No, every year you should be doing this. Every year. And people applauded that. Maybe what he's really saying is you guys have screwed the pooch drafting and developing, which is the number one problem for, and the number one reason you're here where you are. So now fix this. Fix my, the organization. I'm not going to just keep blowing money at it when we're not in a position to augment with cheap labor, which is how you win in baseball. Look around. It's how you win. So they need to restock the farm system by by changing the way they draft and develop, and they need to trade one of their pieces to restock themselves with young and cheap, potentially great talent because the organization is not healthy. It's their own fault. It's not as healthy because they have a low-tier farm system and some big-money free agents who have stunk. And, 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 and the window is not just to 2021 anymore. It's yes, not. it is. Yes, it is. They've and decided it's not. I don't know here, who decided it, but they've decided it's not. Well, maybe they have, but it's as artificial as the money. They've, they've, they've printed money in Wrigley. They build hotels. They have a network. They're asking you to pay for everything and anything. And they're not trying to win a World Series this year. That's crap. That's unfair to Cub fans. And you're talking about trading one of the five best hitters in baseball, arguably one of the five best players, one of the leaders. Getting- no, 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 no. I can't, I can't just let that go by. It's not true anymore. Okay, he's, not, he's not one of the five best hitters in baseball, not by any stretch. You're, try, you're talking about trading one of your core players when you have a core that with pitching that you can go out and, and buy, you could have bought it. You could have augmented a core that can hit – to try to win a World Series because sustained success isn't working. And guess what? Even if Theo leaves and even if it is burned to the ground Mm -hmm. because he tried to win in 20 and 21 and and failed, he's obviously not the only guy out there who can think. He's certainly not the smartest guy out there. He certainly wouldn't have had to make these massive changes and this reckoning – Theo's not the gene, the only genius. He's not under the tent. He knows it. He knows it. He's not. And and you know what? They trust. Then the, why would you have trouble finding a replacement? Replacement you guys- genius. Yeah. Um, well, he's under contract, and he's pretty damn good at his job. And he's admitting full on that they have messed up, and he's trying to fix it. These these hirings. This is not just noise. Director of hitting, director of pitching, Josh Cantrevis to run the draft, Jason McLeod move over. Oh no, this is quite a massive organizational reckoning and restructuring. We're not seeing it on the big league level yet, but we are seeing a lot getting done. And they had a winner's trap. He's he's being he's being pretty honest about that. 
I think. don't doubt that he's done that he's excellent at self scouting. He's not good at self fixing. So the guy who got you into this trouble is now trying to get you out of it. I don't. I don't know why that do gives know, you any confidence. We don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, do we know for sure? They, it's uh, that's the right question. Do we know for sure that he's not great at self fixing? Do we know that for sure? Well, it's he, been going he, on for a while. He, fix, he fixed. Uh, he, he fixed. Came in and fixed the Cubs and built and built them into what they became. That's not self fixing. Okay. He inherited somebody else's mess. How about Boston, where they they reloaded? Here's the thing. They reloaded and won again in Boston, then won again with his guys after he left because of the drafting. The drafting of Theo's years in Boston will go down as one of the greatest stretches of drafting in the history of the sport. Right, it lasted it is, after he was gone. Uh, well, and I know that's what they're they're shooting Mookie, for. Mookie now. Betts was a fifth round pick. Xander Bogarts was a was an international signing that same year to go along with Pedroia and Ellsbury and Buckholz. All it, it is unbelievable those numbers didn't happen here at all, and especially since twenty fourteen. Since since twenty fifteen, it is Schwarber. Thank you very much. Then Ian Happ. Thank you for coming to my TED James Talk. James Norwood. Right, I know. And now Nico Horner. Nothing. No. Nothing. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying that I felt angry listening to you and Bruce talk about it. Some of this is artificial. It's imposed by the team. Mm-hmm. And I look at it because I think the biggest reason to go for it mm-hmm. is not that Theo's leaving, that I think when the collective bargaining agreement will never get settled and you're going to see a break in time of baseball is going to be played, that's a greater motivation for me to go for it. Get that other World Series in. I have no idea what the post-CBA world is going to look like whenever they get around to it. And I I do believe that I think this is a, a core group of players that augmented with proper pitching can has a chance to be back where they thought it was. And because of baseball's labor problem, I would have I would have gone for it and I would be in favor of the Cubs doing that for their fans. In twenty nineteen, according to fan graphs, by war, offense and defense, Chris Bryant twenty fourth in major league baseball. Offense only sixteenth. Between Ronald Acuna Jr. and Yoan Moncada. So, Bryant, 16th in terms of offense only. Okay, then I, then, then I, I still think highly of him, and I'm thinking of him as part of the core as well. Those guys that you're trying to trade, I think, Greg, you're not trying to win the World Series this year. I thought that was the goal every year. Yeah. Uh, Texture says, I said CBD, meaning uh, <laughs> cannabinoids. Yeah, you need it for these guys. CBT, competitive balance tax. <laughs> but... You know, you're not you're not far. All right, we'll talk about CBD with the, one of the co-founders of the Wake and Bake Club. I uh, now runs the sidelines uh, covering Bears games. We'll talk some Bears Packers. Mark Grody next. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.